Porn Junkies, welcome. Um, apologies for Nanny Dye's bruised face. Uh, we didn't particularly agree on this film and it got a bit physical afterwards. <laughs> That's not true. We had a bit of a tussle and uh, she kind of came around to seeing it my way, which is what we're going to talk about now. Um, so here we are reviewing Possessor, which is, uh, look, there, you know, there's very few films knocking about and this has just been released on Apple uh, iTunes, I guess. It's most notable for the fact that this film is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, who is the son, son of, of David Cronenberg, who is renowned for his sci-fi, dystopian body horror. body horror films, The Naked Lunch, uh, Scanners, The Fly, most famously. With Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. Uh, so this is Possessor. It's billed as a, as, as a science fiction psychological horror film. There you go. There's a huge number of genres to mash together. Yeah, which actually I think it is when you put it together. I think, together. Yeah, I think it's yeah, an accurate yeah. description of it. Uh, it stars Andrea Riseborough, who um, I know most readily from Mandy, uh, the Nick Cage film, and she's been in quite a few dramas, hasn't she? She's in that Bloodlines Bloodlines on Netflix, yeah. Mm. It also stars um, Christopher Abbott. Who, who I think is a positive find. And what I, did you know him from? I He's know him from the... They did Catch a, a 22. adaptation of... Which was a good one. Yes, uh, and also Sean Bean is in there for a, a sort of cameo, small part. At its simplest, the title says it all, really. Uh, Andrea Riseborough works for an unnamed sort of... Organisation. Organisation, but whether it's a espionage or what, we don't know what the what, what its purpose is. We don't no. know why they're doing what they're doing. No. But it's a company or an organisation that inserts her brain and her sort of self, essentially, into the heads and bodies of other people yes. in order to get them to commit certain acts. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's almost like possessing someone else in order to, say, conduct an assassination. Essentially, they transport her into the body of other people. This is her job. And it, whilst in that body of another person, she conducts an assassination pro, uh, job. Yeah. And what clearly is, is supposed to happen at the end of the assassination job is, in, in possession of this person, she puts they put a gun in their mouth and you kill the host. Suicide. They call them yeah. the host. Yeah, yeah. And in the process of killing the host, Andrea Riseborough comes back through this machine that's attached to her head to her real world. Um, these are like missions. She goes on a number of missions, a little bit like Catch-22. Yeah, there's only yeah, so many missions okay. you can do. Uh, and we picked the story up at the beginning of the film, really, with Andrea Riseborough on sort of obviously, she's a bit jaded at the edges. Yeah. Uh, finishing a job. And I thought that first part of the film was really good. What did you think? I thought it's, I thought it started really well. Isn't it? I think it's an amazing beginning. And, and I want to give a shout out to the girl who plays that first girl that you see for quite a long time on screen. And mm. at that point, we don't really know what's happening, do no. we? So she's got to perform. Her face has got to perform. And she does. And all we she? see her do is insert something in the top of her head. In the top of her head. Yeah. And, and even that alone is a discomforting thing Deeply to Deeply discomforting, Mum. Um, but very well done. And so, yeah... It, this play, we never see this person again in the rest of the film. I like the way it start. The film started with the end of a job. Yes. It reminded me of the good old fashioned days of Bond when Bond was good. Yes, or like uh, um, the Harrison Ford thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And right at the beginning, it was sort of giving me Tenet vibes. You know, it was very nicely shot, lots of sort of steady cam. You're following this woman, you don't know what her mission is, and then there, you know, if there was any shadow of doubt that you were going to get body horror in this film, there's. Uh, <laughs> Andrea Riseborough possessing this other woman, so mm. you see this other woman mm. commits an act of such physical violence mm. against a man at a party. Yeah, yeah. But at that point, I was like that. Yeah, there is an argument to be had about this film, I suppose, in whether the actual mm. getting rid of people is too violent, mm. is sort of, you know... Gratuitous. Gratuitous, which up to a point, it might be. 
It's certainly very... Uh... <laughs> she stabbed this guy about 36 times. Yeah, but mm. also all the murders all the way through it as the film goes on are all... There's no, none of the murders are without absolute... Yeah, visceral. Visceral horror in yeah. a way that go yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. And I'm not sure why that is because they must know the person's dead. Yeah, it did. I must admit, you're right. At times, it felt like it was leaning on just the obvious body horror of smashing and stabbing someone to yeah. death. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was going to after the first one, as you say, which is very near the beginning, where she really goes mm. to town on it. On it, I thought we're gonna we're gonna find out why she has to do that, why mm. she has to be so um, yes, yeah, so violent. Yeah, but we don't. Really, no, we don't do really we? know. Not that bit. No. So I mean, for me, so what we see is this. This so the possessed person who's killed this person that Andrea Riseborough is in. Yes tries to shoot herself, but can't. Yes. So essentially, Andrea Riseborough can't get rid of the host that she's inhabiting. Yes. We come out of that story. I mean, it is ended, and Andrea Riseborough does come back to life, back to her own world, if you like. And I thought, in many regards, I thought this film was at its best when we were navigating almost... And it reminded me of Blade Runner at times. Yeah, You know, with um, Harrison Ford being a sort of jobbing replicant yeah, hunter. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me it, of that a lot. Yeah, actually. and I thought it was at its best when we were trying... When we were asked to just kind of get to terms with the ordinariness, if you like, of Andrea Riseborough's job. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. a job. This is what she does. It has... It has a sort of collateral damage on her, you yeah. know, it, it inflicts sort of wear and tear on her. Yeah, yeah. Because we all get that from certain jobs we've done in our lives. You know, it's like, oh, God, you know, that's taking the edge off me oh, there. No, not, I'm not, not sl sleeping. Not extreme murder again. Yeah, exactly. Not possess. Oh, no, I've been to work and I've possessed someone and, and assassinated someone. And, yeah. oh, God, it doesn't have, it doesn't have does not give you bad. Yeah, it gives you sleepless nights and all that. And I thought, weirdly, that was where some of its strength was. So the whole process of her being sort of sent into people and mm. brought out of people, I thought was potentially its richest. Because what we then move on to is she then possesses... She's sent on another mission to possess the character played by Christopher Abbott. which Who then becomes a sort of focal point of the yeah. film because we, we spend far more time with him, don't we? Well, and the reason we spend so much more time with him, and that's why... And again, this is where I think the richest part of the film was. She... Because Andrea Riseborough is becoming quite jaded in her job and sort of it's taking its toll. It is. She can't cleanly get in and cleanly get out of people. No. Her company, run by Jennifer Jason Lee, can't get her in and get her out cleanly without her vomiting blood. We never know, though, whether that is Andrea Riseborough's um, jadedness or mm. the fact that Jennifer Jason Lee is playing two... What is Jennifer Jason Lee playing? Two ends against the middle or whatever they yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's Jennifer Jason Lee... She's a trustworthy character from the beginning to the end, But don't you think Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee. Lee is in life? She is. I mean, every time I see her, she's like, what are you? She is. And the reason we then stay with this one guy's story, uh, played by Christopher Abbott, is Who's amazing just he's in... He's brilliant. In when the camera's on him, yeah. that's showing you what he's thinking or not thinking. Yeah, he convincingly plays a man possessed by Andrea Riseborough. Yes. And doesn't, he spends most of the time not knowing what the hell's going on. He doesn't know what's head. going on. But what happens here is ego feedback kicks in mm. where Andrea Riseborough isn't quite fully in him and he hasn't quite fully allowed her to take him over as a host. Yeah. So you've got this idea. She's one sentient being in this body and he's another sentient yes. being in the same body. Yes, yes. But whereas normally on these sort of assignments, she cleanly takes over the body and does the job. Yeah. A bit of the host is kicking through. Yes. And I felt that's what this film was about, was about the way in which this host, Christopher Abbott, uh, kept was trying to wrestle control back of himself. Yeah, yeah. I and thought I thought that was the... its most intriguing I did aspect. too. But, and I thought some of the sort of visual effect... I mean, to be honest, a lot of this 
only becomes clear as the film goes on. You sort of don't know what really what's happening a lot yeah. of the time, do you? But I thought there were some absolute standout, clever things, which were often the smallest things mm. rather than the most violent things or the most sexual things, mm. were the things like... Um, Almost like the tearing of something. Something would be in his vision that wasn't quite right. Yeah, that was left right. though, wasn't it? There I was a couple that was of moments brilliant. where that was really rich. It's so almost like, like yeah. the Truman Show, where something is on the other side of his yeah. vision. And, and you was... said, you said, is this the fabric of his reality? Sort yes, of. It's almost like. Tearing. And there was literally like, imagine in this shot now, there was like a bit of something, and he. I thought it was a really rich suggestion where he was fiddling with something which was just like in the air. I thought they could have done more with Quantum that. mechanics. It's dealing yeah. with all that kind of what am I, what... Yeah, yeah. I, I, they kind of left that alone though, didn't they, after a couple of attempts? They did, they did. And I thought they mm. could have done more with that. I would have been more... I'm interested in going that route than all the, the blood. Than the violent, violent, violent yeah. route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few sex scenes. It's a bit kind of... It's a graphic one. Very graphic, so be prepared. Yeah. It's an 18. Um, and... And eventually he meets Sean Bean, who's the target of this mission. Yeah. And... The, the one thing we get from that, and we did get it, didn't we, from Jennifer Jason Lee, who's controlling the whole thing, is that it's the most important job they've ever done. Yes. I heard her say that. So, in that sense, Sean Bean, it, it's a biggie. It's a oh, biggie. Yeah. So as he goes to do it, looking very sort of... I have to say, he spends... I love him. He's very, Who? very good. Christopher... Christopher Abbott. Abbott. But he does spend most of the film looking very bewildered. He looks perplexed. Perplexed. Well, and I then... would be if I had someone in me and I'm kind of thinking, well, I haven't got agency over what I'm doing. No, exactly. And he sort of just has to go and start and he's told to go back and, yeah. and get rid of um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Bean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does yes. try to. Yeah. And, and then... that's pretty horrific, guys. It is. And I thought that was gratuitous. There were a couple, yes. I, I thought that in the, yes, in the finishing off of people, it was a bit too much. Yeah. This was at its richest, like David Cronenberg films, so like his father, it was at its richest when it was dealing with that stuff, not in the most sort of graphic of ways, but in the most subtle of ways, in a sense. I liked all the machinery that was put on Andrea Riseborough's face yes, that was I quite did. organic and did, yeah. biological in its sort of structure. I sort of started off by thinking, oh, uh, the graphicness didn't bother me because I thought, OK, that's the choice that you yeah. make. You either go Some with very it or graphic you sex, by the way. Graphic sex want. and graphic violence, I suppose, the two things. And which could be both said gratuitous, I think. Uh, but... As the film went on, it was very unusual for me. I started to like it more and more. Oh, and um, and part of that, I suppose, was the fact that I did think we were sort of dealing with that fabric mm. of reality sort of mm. idea. I mean, what are we supposed to make of the whole mask thing? You know, the mask? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what exactly? I don't know. I mean, so, you know, one of the things that, when you look at the trailer, there's moments of sort of like the poster is this distorted face, which is the mask of Andrea Riseborough on the face of someone else. One could say changing into yeah, a different thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but, um, and this film quite, in a quite a simplistic fashion, I thought, used montages and editing to kind of best represent the transitional points yeah. from body to body yeah. or when there was confusion and when there was distortion and when there was essentially what I call almost biological feedback yeah. between the two people. Yeah. It would go to sort of stretched shots yes, and it would go uh, to montage shots and it would do flickers. Sometimes it was a bit like Stan Brackage for you know, so it would be and that was kind of obvious. And at first I thought, well that's a bit simple given the technology we've got now. And then mm. another part of me thought, no, I quite like the fact that it's just it's just going it's just simple editing here. Yeah, they're just But then when it got it to the mask bit, again I didn't know whether it was just a bit too obvious and a bit yeah. trying too hard to create a poster 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I felt like they felt they needed a, an emblematic image. Because that, that didn't fit into any other no. scenario as far as I could tell. I think, in, you know, for me generally, the film started on a really rich premise. I thought Brandon Cronenberg was clearly continuing the dialogue and discussion that his father has done so well across so many films. I mean, his father's in this film. He, yeah. He's the guy who actually... Uncredited. Yeah, uncredited. Yeah. Sends Andrea Riseborough off and puts all the implants in and does all of that. I thought the idea was brilliant. I thought the idea of, of the sort of the structure of matter and the world and perception could have been played with even more. And I felt it got trapped and hijacked by an obsession with needing the next bloody moment or the next yeah. bloody moment yeah. and the next bloody moment. And I think it kind of didn't need to do that. No, I mean, I mean, what happens at the beginning and, and sort of would ha continue to happen if Andrea Riseborough wasn't feeling so rough about the whole thing is that she's sort of taken in, if you like, by Jennifer Jason Lee, and then she's sort of interrogated psychologically to mm. see where she is psychologically. Mm. And she's shown certain things like a pipe of her grandfather and she says, mm. this smells like him. And a butterfly, crucially. Mm. And there is a difference in what she says about the butterfly in one in the, at the beginning, beginning and at the end. And presumably one is supposed to feel that she's gone... AWOL. Well, I mean, I think we can say at the beginning she says she feels guilty she about feels, pinning a butterfly yeah. down and, then, and at, at the, the end, end she, she doesn't, doesn't say, say that. Anything. And again, but again, that's incredibly subtle. Yes. And there are moments in this film that are deeply unsubtle. Yes, yes. And I think where this yes. film was at its strongest was when it was really subtle like that. Yeah. I mean, I could have done with more of her going through stuff and I them going through the process of identifying. It reminded me of that scene when she was going through her possessions, which was a very nice, mm. neat uh, device. Mm. It reminded me of those scenes in Blade Runner where he's kind of tracking the eye and he's interviewing the replicant. He's trying to work mm. out what their connection mm. is and all that mm. kind of stuff. I think all that sort of stuff's rich. And so... I do, but I, I, th I think there was an element in this of Blade Runner was sort of overriding mm. it for me. And I felt some of the graphic violence which is his dad stuff and body horror and blood, blood and gore, to the edges of the frame, really, was to take it away from the Blade Runner thing, mm. was almost to make to make it into that sort of visceral graphic stuff rather than the intellectual yeah. stuff. OK, but let's sum up. My, my, my take on this film is this. I slightly worry that the pressure of being a Cronenberg, and with a surname, like, I mean. yeah, with I mean. a surname like Cronenberg, it's very hard not to be Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I feel like perhaps he was a bit hijacked by the family tradition it's mm -hmm. like the family business mm -hmm. and with your dad in the film as well i'd have mm -hmm. thought maybe his dad was texting him and going put another bit of blood in or yeah. put another and he, and he went from i just thought there were moments of really obvious shock and horror and i could have done with fewer of those and i think it could have become a much more introspective film mm. you've got an actress like andrea riseborough who's very good uh you know christopher abbott i thought as you say was excellent yeah he is i, I wasn't convinced by the tussle between her and him in him i thought it was quite messily done it wasn't there wasn't a sort of there were moments where I just found the editing a bit leaden and a bit obvious. Yeah. So I found it a bit... I was frustrated because I was excited by its ideas. And I think you you said this before you kind of turned towards liking it more. Yeah. It's a very ambitious film. It was, it's got it was a lot ambitious. of very, very ambitious ideas. Maybe too many, yeah. Too many, maybe. And it was just slightly let down by a sort of over-reliance on schlock and gore and shock. Although, in a way, and I think maybe this is partly what changed my mind towards the end... I quite liked that sort of mm. idea of going back to a simpler life in a way, where mm. when we used to go and see films like Scanners and whatever, a head exploded, it exploded. Right. And it was clearly like sort of special effects. We could read into it something else yeah. rather than it Yeah, and in The Murdering there. of Sean Bean, although, <laughs> well, although they don't. God, it's he Sean Bean's eyeball. Yeah, you sort of, it's one of those where you look away, but you sort of think, oh, I haven't seen anything like this, and maybe it is gratuitous, but at the same time... Mm. 
there was something simple and like it sim <laughs> sounds ridiculous to say it was a it was a kind of simpler time <laughs> but you know what i mean right, in, yeah. in a way i went from sort of thinking it was over ambitious and um not boring it was never boring although there were great long periods mm. of sort of just focusing on people's faces it took me a long time to know what was going on um i slowly 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 started to like it more and more i could see what I could see the ambition in it and think I was, it was dragging me along with it. Mm. Um, all the performances were great. It looked stunning, I thought, every mm. bit of it. And there was a lovely soundtrack. Yeah, there no, the soundtrack was very good. Yeah, yeah, it was. Sort of like either musically or in just or sound design. sound yeah. was very good, yeah. Just stunning. Um, I like the fact that I, I've always loved in science fiction films where people get, are getting called back. You know, so it, right at the end, the son is called mm. back, isn't he? And mm. by Jennifer Jason Lee, presumably. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a devil, that Jennifer, yeah, Jason, Jennifer Lee. Jason Lee. Yeah, never Watch trust her. her. Whatever Overbite, part she's, she's in. Never been, last exit to Brooklyn, she's never been. <laughs> um, yeah, she's an interesting one. But um, so all of that, Andrea Riseborough, we're given quite a little bit of. Yeah, because there was good. that whole narrative around Andrea Riseborough and her family. And her family. And that, if you actually unpack that in retrospect, she's been brutalised because look what happens to her family. Yeah, yes, exactly. But I, but. But, but about but, the moment with her husband, without giving that away. Well, yes, but the moment with her husband is almost less graphic than the moment with her son, but the son wasn't her son. No, 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 absolutely. In the, in the end. So maybe your husband wasn't her husband. <laughs> I think her husband was her husband. Oh, he was he? I think she was... I think this... I think it was all a revenge killing. Oh, OK. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. that moment where their blood united, I thought that was very... Oh, I thought that was fabulous. Cronenberg. It's like, here we have unity as blood of yeah. son and, and I love that. That reminded and... me of, um, what was that Joachim Phoenix film where he was cradling somebody? Any, anyway, that was, I love that, love that. Mm. That was a standout moment for me. Lots of standout moments, actually. Mm. Um, I loved messing around with the fabric of time. Could have done with more of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said all of that. And I would give it, what would I give it? It went up and down my, I would give it... 93. Well, again, very specific. I like <laughs> 93. Um, I think this was a really ambitious film. Yeah. And I don't, that often is a kind of criticism. I remember making something once and someone said, it's very ambitious. You're like, what do you mean it's ambitious? It means it's fallen short. Yeah. But it does, for me, it did fall fall a bit short. I thought Andrea Riseborough was very good. I thought Christopher Abbott was very good. I was I was convinced by the concept. It convinced me of the conceit of, of travelling back. I thought that was very, I thought the opening was very neatly done. And I wish there'd been a similar yeah. sense of neatness to the Christopher Abbott possession, yeah, if you like, as yeah. much as the first one. Yeah. So I thought that was nice. I like the kind of biological tech. I love the idea of this sort of almost charger unit that goes into your head to communicate back with the kind of with I mean, the, it's such with a the organization idea, but so effective yeah i liked I, it was very simple very simply designed low budget but it worked it played to its strengths soundtrack was good i thought sean bean was horrible he's always when he's horrible he's always very good at being horrible isn't he yeah yeah um i thought as i've said already I, 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 it was gratuitous at times but it is one of those films that the more you think about what was going on in it and as i was sitting here just thinking about andrea riceborough's relationship with her husband slash ex-husband which is there all the way through yeah and her son and you see what happens at the end it's it's actually even more complicated in many regards yeah than at first than it first appears because she's having to practice yeah. being how she is with her family yes exactly exactly yeah. so the idea of someone losing themselves because they're becoming someone else all the time that's all fascinating yeah. 
Um, I do like this idea of feedback. You know, we get video, we get visual feedback, we get oral sound feedback. Yeah. But the idea that you could get a sort of spiritual, biological, yeah. physical feedback, yeah. which is yeah. what this film is really about. Yeah, it is. I think that's interesting. Then it starts to feed into ideas of David Cronenberg's Videodrome and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a very rich addition to the family. It's another family heirloom for the Cronenbergs to sit around at Christmas and watch. Yeah, yeah. I would probably give it 87. Okay, so not yeah. that dissimilar, no, but no, yeah, no, yeah. Why lower than me though? What what bothered you? Because so, I lost. I thought it lost oh, it more across the, the arc. Yeah, I was yeah. Right. I started from quite a rich place and sort of began to think, oh no, it's making a few sort of okay. bad, yeah, no, no, bad decisions that. here. But uh, yeah, I mean, it must be fun at the Cronenbergs at Christmas. Isn't it? <laughs> For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.